0: It's time for the Daily Stand-Up Podcast presented by Agile Dad with your host, Lee Henson. Without any further ado, let's get started. I had someone approach me on one of my LinkedIn posts and they replied to a LinkedIn post and they were talking about how organizations don't necessarily understand That Scrum and Agile are not to be used interchangeably, that they're two different things. And I I thought that was an interesting comment because I've always believed they're two different things. And I've never heard of people trying to completely interchange those before. But I have heard people call it the Agile Scrum, right? Or the Scrum Agile, right? I mean, I've heard that, or the Jira Agile. I mean, I've heard people do it, but I don't know that I put as much credence into what they were actually saying until this person replied to me and gave me their feedback. So I think what I am looking for is how how can Scrum be so simplified? I'm trying to think of the best way to position this. So recently, the Scrum Alliance posted an article, and they talked about how Scrum is intended to be incredibly simple. So they gave an overview, and the overview is Scrum in 10 minutes or less. Now, what I can tell you is, if you just follow all the basic tenets of Scrum, it could be taught in 10 minutes or less. It's just one of those things where are you going to get the maximum value from a 10-minute rendition of what Scrum is, or is it going to take a little more than that for you to get everything you need? So, so let's, let's do the example real quick. So from a principles perspective, right, Scrum is founded on empiricism and lean thinking. Scrum employs an iterative, incremental approach to optimize predictability and to control risk. Scrum engages groups of people who collectively have all the skills and expertise to do the work and share or acquire such skills as needed. Okay, th- this is making a lot of sense now, right? Now, from a team's perspective, if I start talking about the Scrum team, so, so let's talk about the roles, I guess, or I shouldn't say roles. I'm going to use the words The Scrum Alliance uses. Let's talk about accountabilities. So let's talk about the Scrum team. The Scrum team is composed of one Scrum master, one product owner, and one team of developers who are cross-functional, self-managing, accountable, no hierarchies, no sub-teams, with a minimum size of three and a maximum size of nine. Okay, I'm going to pause there. In organizations, I have yet to find a dedicated Scrum master and a dedicated product owner to one developer team. In most organizations, one Scrum Master spans up to three teams, and product owners are completely associated. They're more product managers where they're focused on managing the product and allowing the teams to swarm to a backlog to create, um, you know, high-performing products and services. So for me, it's interesting that Scrum Alliance broke it out that way, but I guess there are some places in the world, maybe startup companies, where this actually does exist. I mean, if you feel differently, please let me know. The Scrum Master. Their main action is to help everyone understand scrum theory and practice. Their accountability is based on a scrum team's effectiveness and performance. Action items, they coach team members in self-management and cross-functionality, help teams focus on creating high-value increments that meet a definition of done, remove impediments to see the team progress, and ensure that events are positive, productive, and within the aligned time box. Okay, so here we go. From an action items perspective. Wow. I'm going to go all the way back. So Scrum Master. The Scrum Master does a whole lot more than help everyone understand Scrum Theory and practice. The Scrum Master is like a doctor. They're responsible to health and well-being of the team, as well as in many cases as they graduate to coach, the health and well-being of the organization. So while I feel like this is a very simple, down-to-earth, easy explanation, when you start talking about... Coaching team members and self-management cross-functionality, fact, valid. I uh, help teams focus on creating high value, valid. Got it. Definition done, love it. Here's where, I, here's where I jump ship. Removes impediments to team's progress. Okay, pause. I empower teams to help them remove impediments that exist, but I'm not going to enable the teams by removing every impediment myself. And I know that might sound kind of cheesy, but if the team never learns how to resolve any issues, then they're not practicing, problem-solving skills, and they're never going to be a high-performing team. So for me, while I think it's important for the Scrum Master to definitely contribute and add value and try hard to make sure that the team has everything they need to be successful, and they should definitely address any impediments or risks that the team cannot update or figure out themselves, it is not, I repeat, it is not the Scrum Master's responsibility to remove every single impediment. It just isn't. Now, if it's something that's going to take the team a lot of time or if it's something that the Scrum Master can assist the team in removing and helping them understand how not to make it happen again, I'm good with that. I just don't want to be a team enabler. I want to be a team empowerer. Okay. And then ensure events are positive, productive within time. I'm sure. Got it. All those are good. The product owner. Main action. Represent the needs of the stakeholders. Okay. I'll agree with that. As long as the stakeholders are indicative of the consumers, that makes sense. Accountability, to maximize value to product service. Love it. Actions, develop and communicate a product goal, create and communicate product backlog items, order the product backlog items in a rank order system, and ensure a product is transparent, visible, and understood. That might be the best explanation I've heard so far out of all of these. Um, the, The product owner to me is the ultimate facilitator. They facilitate conversations with sponsors, with support, with customers, with consumers, with teams. So they are constantly having conversations to help ensure that we're building the right product or service. Love that definition. And then the developers, their main care or main action is to create an aspect of usable increment each sprint. I would argue potentially shippable usable increment each sprint. Their accountability is the outcome of a valuable product. Their actions, they create a plan for the sprint, called the sprint backlog. They instill quality, adhering to a definition of done and acceptance criteria. They adapt their plan each day to make achievements towards a sprint goal and they hold each other accountable as professionals for the work that they do. Once again, brilliant definition. I love it. So the events in Scrum. There are some formal opportunities for the empirical process to take place where the teams will inspect and adapt what's going on. Of course, you have the sprint. Most organizations do two weeks. It could be all the way up to four weeks, but two weeks is most common. This is the container that contains all the work necessary in order to achieve a product goal, including sprint planning, daily Scrum, Sprint, review, and retrospective. Um, The objective is to generate more learning cycles and limit risks of cost and effort uh, by keeping sprints short and to the point. So to forecast progress, they use burn-up charts. Some use burn-down charts. I don't do that. Or cumulative flows, which is one that I prefer. Sprint planning, it says up to eight hours for a one-month sprint. That just makes me sick when I see it. Nobody wants to be in an eight-hour meeting. So for me, I say my typical meetings, just to let you know, for a two-week sprint runs about 45 minutes, but, you know, you can go up to two hours. So my my rule of thumb is usually an hour per week. So if you have a one-week sprint, it should take an hour, two weeks, two hours. That's generally my guidelines. If you get really good at this, most sprint plannings last about 40 to 45 minutes. And that is where the product owner proposes the most important backlog items that need to be worked on. We cover any clarification necessary, and the team members sign up to create that increment. Sounds good. Then you have your daily scrum. Daily scrum is up to 15 minutes. Uh, I say 30 seconds per person not to exceed 15 minutes. It makes it go a lot better that way. People participate in this meeting to inspect progress and adapt the sprint backlog as necessary, adjusting for uh, upcoming planned work. Okay. Um, Daily scrums improve communication, identify impediments, promote quick decision-making, consequently eliminate the need for other meetings. Uh, Okay, so I like the way that they position that. The only thing that I want to add is just, it is the glue that holds everything together. If you can get the daily scrum meeting right, all of your other meetings will flow well. And Then they go into the end of uh, sprint meetings, which is sprint review. Same rule here, one hour per week. Most of mine last about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Nobody wants to be in that meeting for four hours. But this is where uh, we review the outcome of all the increments and do a public demo as needed. And then, of course, we have the retrospective. They call out three hours max. Eh, I say it can go longer if it needs to, but most of the time it goes shorter. This is where the developers, the Scrum Master, and the product owner, yes, product owner, conclude the sprint, discuss what went well, et cetera. So this is where they're doing all the things that are most impactful. And then, of course, you have the Scrum artifacts, which include the product backlog, which is the ordered list of items that the team needs to build a product or service, a single source of work for the Scrum team. Each item is refined uh, until smaller items get mature enough to select them into an ongoing ongoing sprint. And the product owner helps developers understand and select trade-offs. Okay, that makes sense. And, of course, we establish a product goal, which is the future state of the product uh, developers need to target. Makes sense. The sprint backlog is the plan by and for the team doing the actual work. Uh, The progress is visible during a daily scrum, typically. It includes a sprint goal, the why behind what we're trying to do, Uh, product backlog items needed during the sprint, the what, and actionable plan, the how, for what we're going to do to develop each increment. The sprint goal should also be part of this. This is created during sprint planning. It's a single objective for the sprint for that team. So, if work is turning different than expected, developers and product owners need to negotiate to modify the backlog without affecting the sprinkle. That makes sense. And then, of course, you have an increment, which is a product backlog item or set of items that meet a definition of done to become a product increment. The sprint is a sum of multiple increments. Increments are usable, additive to prior increments, and all increments functionally work together. That's kind of confusing, but I get what they're saying. They're just saying that we're building everything together towards one common increment. And then finally, definition of done. Uh, Formal description is fully shared inside the Scrum team. This is the state of the increment when it meets the quality measures required for the product. It enables transparency by sharing a common understanding of increment completion. The product backlog item... uh, Product backlog items should meet the definition of done or return back to the backlog if it's not meeting the definition of done. And uh, developers are required to conform to that definition of done. That's what we call commitment. So even though this overview is good, it's strong, I just feel like there are a few places where it's loose. And I think anytime you define something that loose, you're going to wind up with opportunities for failure, opportunities for dislodging. So we need to make sure that we understand what this is all about, that we remain vigilant and focused, and that we do what we need to to be successful. And I think that if you just treat Scrum like the small piece of the Agile framework that it is, it's going to help you to be ultimately successful and help us all to achieve our goals. That's going to do it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have a topic you want us to discuss, learn more at AgileDad.com. We would love to hear from you. As always, we encourage you to stay healthy, stay well, and stay agile, my friends. Until next time, do take care.